You've played the missions, but do you really know the lore? We are here to be your guides. Your guardians. This is Guardians of Lore. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night, Guardians. Welcome to Guardians of Lore. This is episode 120, recorded July 18, 2021. The topic for this episode is pathfinding. I'm going to be the host this time. I am Elemist. Hi, I'm Orchid. And we got some podcast info. We encourage feedback that can be sent to us on Twitter at guardians underscore lore, at hey it's Orchid, or at I underscore am underscore Elemist. You can email us at guardians underscore lore at outlook.com. You can leave us a review wherever you find the podcast. And if you leave a review, let us know. Uh, or you could jump into our Discord and talk to us straight right on there. There is an actual invite in the description of, for this episode. Mm-hmm. You can also find our info on thelorenetwork.com alongside many impressive lore content creators. We're still there. We go over this every week. I don't think I they're going to kick us. No, I checked this time. We're still there, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so this week at Guardians of Lore, the Twoggle, <laughs> there are going to be some GM changes. <gasps> Do you want to go over those since you're the GM prince, prince of GMs? So essentially they looked at the, I, the argument and ranting that I had about, you know, it, you can't get the, the title gilded long enough to actually enjoy it. So... Right at the beginning of the season, they're going to allow everyone to do all the GMs once. And it's it's based on whoever the fire team lead is. Um, so they'll have to actually go in and select, you know, inverted spire or select, um, you know, brood hold. And then once they, they and the team have finished that one. It's out of the actual selection. Question, though. Could the person who selected the GM then pass off, once you're in the GM, the lead to another person in the fire team and then leave? Yes. Yes, they could. Oh, good. And then they, they could probably, it could still be there? Yes, absolutely. Um, <laughs> the problem is that joining fire teams is disabled. So they're wasting essentially 30 minutes of their life to help their friends get rewards. I mean, if you if you fine. know somebody who's that gracious, then sure, yeah. I mean, sure. I'm I'm that gracious. And and there's the fact that like once you actually load in, at that point the person who left would be the only one who could start it up again. It's true. So if they wanted to allow, like, if you wanted to specifically farm that strike, you would have to be the one who's continuously leaving. True. You'd have to be a really good friend. Right? It reminds me of Zero Hour. How so? Do you remember when, do you remember when um, Zero Hour first started and there was 
Um, you could have somebody sitting and constantly opening and closing their menu so it never started the timer. The timer cheese. Yes, except it's like I, I see where you're going where you're literally yeah, sacrificing yeah, yeah. a person to do something, uh-huh. but like mm-hmm. the outcome is very different. Yes. But you're still sacrificing a human. Yeah. The human sacrifice is still involved. <laughs> That's what I'm yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I, I, I get you. I got you. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. But because of these changes, anybody who want, actually wants to farm isn't exactly happy because you're going to be able to do the strike once and then that's it you can only do the weekly strike Boo. and and this is where i'm probably in the minority because this is actually closer to what i wanted you know it, it, it i this might end up being just stockholm syndrome with bungie like this isn't what i wanted but it's close enough you know, they didn't fuck us even more. <laughs> I mean, they fucked you, but, you know, it didn't hurt as much as you thought it would. But at least so. they kissed me and gave me dinner first, you know? <laughs> oh, God. At least they kissed me on the mouth and made me feel pretty first. <laughs> so I, I'm I'm looking at this and I'm like, okay, so I actually get to, you know, gild my seal in that first right. week. Mm-hmm. It, it's still I mean, part, part of the way through the season, and I I understand that they don't want to move that up. I don't like it, but I understand it. Yeah. So this is their way of saying, okay, we, we hear that you want to actually get your, your gilding before it's irrelevant in like two weeks. This is um, why I don't like gilding at all, I think. Yeah. Um, I know it gives people something to do and something to chase. I think titles are better, honestly. And like the seasonal title is a better thing to chase and like raid titles and like the yearly title, I think is like a better use of our time. Um, and like, I really like the way they have like the seasonal challenges um, to like get the really cool seasonal emblem, I think is really neat. And in that same note, what about the people who actually do sit there and grind, not even on a daily basis, but a, a right. semi-daily basis? I mean, I play all of maybe three or four days a week, and I've still I've been able to keep up with everything to the point that like gilding it is the only thing that i have left i mean you are efficient with your use of time in the game like you know how to efficiently use your time and other people just want to play the game and hang out with their friends and like don't want to just go do bounties and grind power levels and things like you are one of you're like the one percent of players yeah. Like, you're not a good example of Destiny player. You know that, right? Yeah. Okay. Just wanted to make sure that you knew that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. But um, it's, I, I think 
I don't know, like gilding titles is just like, what's the point? Like, I don't understand. It puts a fancy number at the end of your, your Who title. Who cares? And I can't gild my like lore title, so what? Like, if I can't gild my lore title, then I don't want it. Chronicler gilding when? At the point <laughs> of, of this recording, I don't even know if the number actually stays with after you know the gilding has been lost because of a season reset right like we just don't know and that's that's the problem because like if it shows at the end then great you know i'm gonna keep grinding grandmaster every season try and get that higher but if it doesn't then it's only good if you've gilded it and i if you don't plan on just keeping that cycle going I, I do agree. There is no reason. But anyways. Um... <sighs> I mean, it's it's a thing to, to do, I guess. Um, it I, is. I don't do GMs anymore because I just don't. If I'm going to punish myself in like a high level activity, I'd rather do like a Halo lasso run than do a GM any day of the week. So that's that's just... I would rather do that. I would rather do a Halo 2 lasso run. It's just, it's just me. Oof. Um, like I did a, a master nightfall with a couple of friends and that was fun. So yeah, that, that was, that was the thing. That was, that was all I decided to do. I don't know. Um, I don't know. This is, if they're going to change the way leveling works now in uh, vanguard stuff because they did mention that we need to get rid of our tokens by the end of the season yeah last week we mentioned that um this is my weekly request for let me hold more than 50 prisons and 10 golf balls please this is request number 9557 so you're requesting it everywhere <laughs> I've requested it on Twitter. I've requested it in our Discord. I'm requesting it on the podcast again. I've skywritten it. I'm going to send out postcards to random people. <laughs> They're not Bungie people, nor do they play Destiny. Just random people. <laughs> just, it's just US mail. <laughs> Why does this person just... want more than fifty glow sticks and ten glow golf balls? Sticks? Like, why glow don't they just sticks and golf balls? What? Why don't they just go to Walmart? Like, <laughs> just go to the store. <laughs> what does this mean? <laughs> oh God, I just like, really just can I. If we're, we have to get them each single time to reload or to reset our, our each level, I guess, rank. Uh, to reset your. Are we calling your... them rank? Are we calling them ranks? Well, like to reset no. your reputation. Reputation ranks. Sure. Whatever. So now that they have activity streaks and strikes, um, really good for solo players who enjoy strikes, I guess. Um, Elimist very graciously reminded me that we had that in D1, um, and it is kind of reminded me that I vaguely remember that, um, that you said that it was the longer that we stayed in strikes, the better the stuff we got from strikes. Yeah. 
I, I very vaguely remember that. It's been a long time, okay? <laughs> now, now, it's been a very long time. Now, what she is referring to is that there will be activity streaks, and we already have mm-hmm. that for Crucible and Gambit, but they're applying it to Vanguard uh, strikes as well, and mm-hmm. that's going to be whether it's a drop-in strike or if you're in the playlist. Mm-hmm. Um, but since Crucible and Gambit have, you know, wins or losses... We have win strikes, yeah. Right. Since... Every strike ends in a win unless you're in there for like three hours and quit. But since there's there's no losses, they were like, okay, so how do we make this beneficial for... How do we make this streak work? Mm-hmm. And this is how mm-hmm. they're doing it. Right. You know, the longer you sit in a strike, whether it's a drop-in or the playlist or whatever, the more your streak is going to increase, meaning more reputation, which means you can get to that, you know, reset quicker. Right. Which is, um, which is good. Yeah. I mean, I used to sit in, I mean, in, in like year one, Destiny 2, I used to sit in strikes. Like, I remember, like, during Hanukkah, like... Yeah. I have a I think I have like a picture from Hanukkah of like me just like sitting in like doing heroic strikes. Just like sitting in the strike playlist, like with friends. Like doing strikes. And and I remember that too. And it was fun. It was fun. I think we did strikes together. Yeah. Yeah. We used and, to do strikes together on like a pretty regular basis. And like I remember just sitting in the strike playlist and being happy with it. Yeah. But then they made, you know, the end game of Destiny complicated. Right. And and there's also the fact of, like, they've changed how leveling works. Mm-hmm. You know, it used to be that you drop into a, a strike playlist and, and you're making progress on leveling or, you know, you're going after a specific weapon or whatever. Mm-hmm. But now everybody has everything. So right. you're not even going after that weapon anymore. Um, leveling is is different, so you're not doing it for that reason anymore. And so I I think it's more of just like the community has evolved in a different way. So strikes don't seem meaningful. Yeah, I feel like I feel like back in D one even, and then like back at the beginning of D2 when there wasn't as much to do. Like, now we have, you know, like, we have, like, hunts, and we have all of these other activities. And even, like, during, like, year two, year three, we had Reckoning, and we had Forges, and we had all these other activities that have now been replaced, you know, by, um, by Empire Hunts, and they've been replaced by Wrathborn Hunts, and they've been replaced by... Um, overrides and, and battlegrounds and, and yeah. battlegrounds and everything. So we have all this other stuff that we have to do, and the and all of these other pinnacle activities. And like, yeah, okay, I can do my three strikes, but I can do all this other cool, better stuff that isn't the same strikes I played in the beginning of Destiny Two. 
yeah. that I've done a hundred times that are so not even relevant to like the game anymore. And and that's that's probably it as well. I mean, it, it's not just one thing that's that's an issue. It's this culmination of all of it. You know, it, we've we can only kill Brockazan so many times before we're like, can't you just stay dead? It's not even that. It's like you have Cade talking to us in it. Yeah. And like that like kind of kills me a little bit every single time. I'm like, can you just like leave him dead, please? Like I know it's supposed to be like a moment in time because you keep bringing stuff back from D1 and you're like, it's a moment in time. We swear it's a moment in time. And I'm like, okay, I fucking believe you. It's a moment in time. But also these D2 strikes are also a moment in time now. And I don't. It hurts my heart, okay? I'm kind of heartless because I, I run through that strike and I'm like, oh, it's Cade. Okay, cool. It, like, I've gotten past it. But I, I do agree with the fact of like, we're looking at past content and we're like, okay, it's considered a moment in time. But nobody has access to the Red War anymore. Nobody has access to forsaken unless you create a new character to go do it right um so like i'm I'm looking at this and i'm like okay well if we don't have access to the red war that strike doesn't make sense it really doesn't it super doesn't like there are other strikes they could have kept or other strikes that you could do that make more sense than that one hell but well, at the same time, at the same time, I was doing Devil's Lair in fucking D1, and there's Siva shit everywhere because it was in D1, and there's Siva shit everywhere. And I'm like, wow, you guys really cleaned up in D2. There is no Siva anywhere, and there's no evidence it was ever <laughs> in this area. And in fact, like... All of this metal that was cut up by Siva, like, you guys restored it. Like, it was never cut up in the first place. I don't know how you did it. Like, Sweeperbot wow. really did his work. Sweeperbot. Sweeperbot. Sweeperbot just went in. He's like, duper burp. <laughs> Fucking sweeper bike goes to the cosmodrome and just sweeps up Siva. What the fuck? Like, can you just imagine a frame sitting there, like messy, messy, messy? deploy sweeper bots just <laughs> all over the cosmodrome. <laughs> we have the perfect thing. No, it's not the young wolf. <laughs> it's sweeper bot. <laughs> why would why would we sacrifice the young wolf for this? We've got sweeper bot. We have sweeper bot. <laughs> <laughs> Gotten, now that we've gotten sidetracked, um, 
the best sidetrack ever. <laughs> let's listen to a Lore Network ad. Yes, please. The Lore Network. Since the dawn of time, there have been storytellers who teach through their stories. These myths give rise to fundamental truths, and these truths shape our collective experience. Yet these myths are not something of the past, and today they engage us more fully in the story itself. Video games allow us to live the lives of our favorite myths. My name is Blue Crew 86, host of Focus Fire Chat, and I want to invite you to explore our modern-day myths with us. Join with us as we explore the stories, the mythologies of the Destiny franchise, as well as other games. Let's explore together. Sweeper bun. <laughs> God uh, damn it, Elvis! It was it was perfect. I was like, it wait, was. we have a character <laughs> in universe who cleans. <laughs> Oh my god, sweeper bot <laughs> canonical sweeping up Siva. Well, considering <sighs> considering during the, the opening Red War mission, like Sweeper Bot was sweeping up Cabal Blood. Like, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. <sighs> so, brief intro to the topic. Oh my god. Yes. This lore book is obtained by completing the transmog quest with Ada. Now, do you have to get Synth Strand to get Synth Weave to... Oh, let's not go get, there. To be able to get this lore to each, to get each lore book Actually, with Ada it just hands you each the, it just hands you individual the entire, character. It just hands you the entire book along with 10 weaves for each class are you kidding me no wow ada you bitch well i mean that's how drug dealers do it <laughs> give a little taste and then they'll keep coming back for more ada's a drug dealer now i knew she, i would know her glow was gone because she's just doing heaps of cocaine <laughs> in the back oh god I know what you're doing. That's not really like you're not weaving silk in that room. You're just making some sort of silk drug. Oh yeah. Knew it. Synth strand. Yeah. Some sort of new fangled guardian drug. I knew it. Keep me coming back for more so I can look pretty. Ada, keep me looking pretty. Oh god. I need more. Anyway, you want to start us off? Yes, I will. Ada. Okay. This is one. A path's end. Ada One heard the chirp of a calm channel opening before a distorted voice spoke. I've got eyes on entries and exits. Looks clear. She stepped through a rusted doorway into a courtyard. The wind whistled through the torn seams of decrepit structures and raindrops crackled on loose metal plating. She walked through the muddy soil and stopped where the Bergusia Forge used to stand. Curses, Ada spat. 
Her hands fidgeted as her gaze wandered aimlessly around the nearly barren landscape. Artemis V perched on a broken pillar, her scope methodically rotating through doorways and windows while her ghost floated patiently overhead. The other two members of Ada's escort lounged against a broken wall to the rear, silently watching the black armorer. She looked back, studying their featureless helmet plates, and quickly turned away. Her foot clanked against something hard and metallic. She stooped down and picked up a forgotten slab of black armory alloy, a remnant of the lost forge. Artemis kicked into the comms again. That forge tech? Any clues of what happened here? Ada sighed as she studied it. Scorch cannon sears, wire rifle cuts, kinetic ricochet marks. Almost like there's been years of combat here, Artemis quipped sarcastically. How astute, Ada said dryly. There's nothing more to glean here. She took a deep breath. A useless gesture in her exo-body, but a compulsion nonetheless. Sun's fading, Artemis said. Devrim's got eyes on a fallen raiding party. Not headed our way yet, but I'd rather not take chances. You have what you need? Hardly, Ada said, but we won't find much else. This area has been thoroughly scavenged, same as the others. Fallen? Artemis asked. With no guardians bothering to stop them, could have been anyone. Artemis winced. I can only imagine how you must feel. The Vanguard had a tough call to make. Planetary evacs came first. And now they're on to exciting new frontiers, while I'm left with nothing but rubbish, Ada said, her voice full of false cheerfulness. Artemis slept down from her vantage point and placed a hand on Ada's arm. Ada's shoulders slumped. I am glad for the evacuations. I shouldn't have. A howl echoed from somewhere in the complex. Artemis readied her rifle, and one of the escort squad entered the comm channel. Pike's changed heading. We should get her out. Are you ready? Artemis asked. Ada studied the broken slab of metal in her hand, turning it over and tracing its jagged edges. I'm not sure, she said, tightly clutching the piece of debris, but what choice do I have? Sun's getting real low. Yep. So we see Ada here in the Bergusia Forge, just kind of like looking over essentially the fact that the forge is missing. She suspects that, well, her and Artemis, uh, who is a guardian, they both suspect that it's Fallen who took the actual forge. Right. There's not much else here that really stood out to me, aside from the fact that they were focused on actually getting people off the, the worlds that disappeared. Mm -hmm. And I, I know that it's a bold-faced lie that there were no guardians dealing with the forges, because... I knew a handful of them. <laughs> yeah. Come on, Ada. I'm I'm really shocked that there were only four planets that needed to be evacuated. Um there was Mars, there was Titan, if we want to count that as a planet. Um there was Mercury and there was what was the other one? Io. Io, right. Thank you. Another, you know, moon. Um, and they honestly, like, 
didn't need every single guardian ever. That's what bothers me about this so much. Well, and especially since the evac apparently took like six months. That's such bullshit. Like, what are you doing, Zavala? Are you that incapable of managing your fucking guardians that you couldn't spare one fire team to watch the forges? Or one lone hunter to watch each forge? Literally one is all it takes. Or one fire team on each. There's four forges. That's 12 people. I, I agree on that. You've got hundreds of guardians. Like, literally hundreds. Like, you need one fire team each. That's all you need. This is, like, this yeah. is such bullshit. Like, I, this, I don't buy it at all. That you couldn't have one, I'm sorry. I'm sorry whoever wrote this. This is, like, the worst excuse ever. Planetary evacs, like, my fucking ass. I'm, I don't know. I don't buy it. No, like... To be fair, I I think the evacs finally actually became finalized that, you know, they needed to happen when we did the quest and actually got, um, I think it was Runa's Effigy. Runa's Effigy is such a good gun. It got nerfed into the floor, like, too early. But the, but the fact is, like, they still had three months. Yep. That's a long-ass time. A long ass time. Yeah. Like, not only is it a long ass time, but like, it's just, I don't understand. Like, I really don't. Right. It's, it's such a bad excuse. One fire team is all it needs. And if they need to sleep, you could swap them out. So that's two fire teams each. If you have, like, a watch for 12 hours. Hell, even reduce it, the, the watch even further. Eight hours each. Because I, I don't think a 12-hour watch is going to be beneficial. Because at, by the end of, like, six hours, I'm already starting to fade. And, I like, mean, you wouldn't last... even really be watching it. You're just going to be in the area making sure Fallen don't get near it. like. And, and that's fair. That is fair. Like, you're just going to be around it. Like, you're not going to be like, I'm going to peep on it and make sure I might don't take my eyes off of it. Like. <laughs> Creeper status. Yeah, you're not going to be <laughs> peeper status. 100% on it. You're going to be like, eyes shifting around, like, shooting anything that moves, like, you know, around the area. I well, guess. even then, like, they bring their hollow pads and yeah they're gonna different... be playing fucking fruit ninja or whatever you know people do in the future <laughs> they read bandnet threads about people ranting about you know crucible rules i was gonna say they're just gonna be looking at porn or something but sure bandnet threads that's what we're calling that's what we're saying oh sweeper bot uh, so I'm gonna continue on with two. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna continue on with two. Lost. 
The hiss of Ada's welding torch echoed through the armory hall, compounding into a sea of discordant noise until the seam was complete. She placed the tool down and grabbed the piece of alloy in her hand, testing the bond's strength. The actuators in her fingers whirred with effort, but as her focus shifted to the open tome on her desk, the metal promptly snapped. Ada let out an exasperated groan. Two more pieces of detritus dropped on an already cluttered floor. Did you forget to measure twice? A voice called out from behind. Ada whirled around as Hawthorne sauntered into the hall. Isn't that saying based on woodworking? Ada asked flatly. Hawthorne shrugged. Don't have any welding jokes. She gingerly stepped over a tangle of cables. Great work environment you've got. Love the decor. Ada turned to her tome with intense focus. Can I help you with something? Hawthorne chuckled. I was going to ask you that. Heard the cursing all the way up the stairwell. Can you interpret armory schematics and machine the parts needed to assemble them? Ada answered without looking up. Unlikely, Hawthorne said. Can you convince Zavala to stop asking me when a forge will be operational again? Hawthorne puffed her cheeks and exhaled, even less likely. Ada quickly flipped a page of the tome. The paper snapped, nearly tearing. Sounds like the answer to your question is no. Is that why you're doing this? Vanguard orders? Ada jabbed a thumb at her own chest. The forges were, are, my legacy. My responsibility to continue their operation. Zavala's desires are tangential. Hawthorne stepped closer to Ada's workstation. Help me out here. I'm not super familiar with your illustrious organization's history. Was the armory born of a dream to have the world's greatest gun oven? Ada sighed. The armory was founded to stand against the darkness, to shield humanity when we couldn't count on others to do so. The forges were simply the tools we used. So much for that grand plan. The pyramids rolled in, and last I checked, Mars is still missing. Titan, Mercury. Did you come down here solely to antagonize me? Ada snapped. All right, all right, Hawthorne pleaded. Look, I know we aren't friends or anything. I'm not sure you have any of those anyway. Ada glowered. Right, sorry, Hawthorne said quickly. The thing is, People around here talk a big game about putting humanity first, but then it's all guardians all the time. Ada nodded. The devotion to lightbearers can seem fanatical. But you're not like that, Ada. Ada shook her head. I appreciate the sentiment, Soraya. But I'm not sure how that relates to the forges. Hawthorne leaned on Ada's desk. I think your voice is important to have around here. I want you to succeed. But you might be holding on to the past too tightly. Ada scoffed. You presume to tell me how to carry the armory's legacy? Hawthorne gestured to the forged memorabilia strewn about the hall. Not at all. 
But your founders didn't wake up one day with forges on the brain. They started with a problem, then designed a solution as only they could. Ada turned, her eyes thoughtful. And you're suggesting I'm starting with a solution instead, limiting my view? I'm saying I would understand if it was hard to let go of all of this when it's all you've ever known. Ada nodded. The idea of leaving the forges behind is admittedly unnerving. I get it, Hawthorne said. But the old methods aren't working. Maybe it's time to carry on your founder's legacy in your own way. Ada was silent for a moment. I should get back to work. Thank you for your advice. She jutted her arm out in a stiff handshake gesture. Hawthorne chuckled and clasped her hand around Ada's. Good luck. But maybe try to keep the noise down, okay? It bothers my bird. It's honestly kind of nice to see Hawthorne in something. Like, for an extended period of time, because we don't see Hawthorne in very much at all. So, like, I will say that. I think the last time we saw her was in the very first Guardian Games, where she declared herself a titan. This is true, yeah. So, like, it's... It had been almost a year. Yeah. I don't know. I've, I um, I enjoy seeing her in things. Um, it's really interesting. Um, Ada is so desperate to get the Forges back. And I really empathize with her. Um, I should say I sympathize with her. I don't know what she's going through because she's lost kind of her entire identity. Um, because all she's really known is that like she's a walking forge. Like I feel like yeah. that's important to point out. As, well, as, she's not anymore because she doesn't glow. She's not. Uh, um, that's such a point of contention <laughs> i worked so hard to make her glow and it doesn't glow anymore as doesn't my fucking glowy weapons that i worked so hard to make them glow and they don't glow anymore either for some fucking reason right <sighs> but Ada, it, she is a forge, and sh- that's all she's known is are the forges. Like her entire life is bringing back the forges, and this is another reason why I'm having such problems with this: is that the forges were in pieces, and that we helped rebuild them. That was part of the entire when the forges started, like. Yeah. That was the quest line is that we got the pieces back from the fallen. Like we scavenged those pieces to help rebuild the forges. Like we got the ignition and we got everything else and we helped rebuild each forge. And uh, so they weren't working like when they were there. And like it's such a part of her identity and now she doesn't have that anymore. And, like, she herself is a forge. And so, I mean, like, when you're left with something, like, when you're left with nothing, essentially, like, what do you do? 
Yeah. Like she's like desperately clinging to like the only thing she's known her entire life. Like she's a child that was put into. Yep. Like, like she was a child when she was put into her body. Like she wasn't an adult. Like that wasn't her choice. So she's literally grown up as a machine. Right. The thing that gets me is that. She's looking for a new way to carry on the Founder's legacy, which is to protect humanity from the darkness. Mm -hmm. And her new way is to... Like, this is is jumping ahead of the story for a bit because most everybody at this point knows she's for transmog. But she's looking to, to carry on the Founder's legacy by giving us new ways to look pretty mm-hmm. i i seriously feel like it's a wasted character yeah you know you've got weapons that are coming out or you've got new elements that are coming out you know we've got stasis we've got yeah. whatever's coming in witch queen and beyond Yeah, we have no idea it's going to be exciting we have something that we have new things we have right newness so we've got these new elements and we have two gun makers in the tower, and they both do nothing. It it just it feels like wasted potential to me. And like I understand if if you know, oh well, stasis is new, so you know we need to study it first. Okay, fine. Two seasons before you you introduce new weapons with stasis, but we're past that now. I mean, we have the the stasis. Um sidearm we have yes we have the stasis grenade launcher that we got salvation's grip yeah but that's it right and those are both exotic yeah right but no one knows what a stasis gun would do well like what does a, a solar gun do it doesn't burn enemies sunshot does but that's an exotic like I'm I'm talking True. about like regular legendary weapons. Yeah, but I mean all that's going to do is add on more. All it does is pop like the shields of those enemies that have those shields, but there's no enemies right. that have stasis shields. So right. there's no need for those. And and I, weapons. I I agree as well, but like I don't know. I just I feel like there's wasted potential here. There is wasted potential, though. I mean, the only way you can get a stasis weapon at the moment is to use osmosis. Yeah. If that's, like, a thing that you really want. Um, and, and like you said, I mean, it's not necessary right now because there are no enemies with stasis shields or anything. Yeah. You get no benefit from using stasis. So I, I get it. If they added stasis into the rotation then you're gonna have to start planning for that in gms and then that's four but there's only three people well half the time there's only two elements in a actual gm anyway yeah but that's only half the time (laughs) i i have yet to find a gm that we actually needed a third element (sighs) but we don't know that yet come next year don't give them ideas. Right. <laughs> we don't want to give them ideas. 
um the entry that talks about um Ada coming from um Adelaide is actually the final entry. The sad entry. <laughs> and like actually um talking about Helga and Yuki and the armory. Um which is actually really kind of good and sad. And totally goes with yeah. this, I think, really well. Um, if Honestly, if we haven't talked about the Black Armory papers in like a while, it's been a good long minute since we've talked about it. It's my favorite lore book. <laughs> it, mine too. God like, damn it. it. Is, this is such it a is, good lore book. It is beautifully crafted. Uh, I fucking love it. Because, so like, no matter how you you feel about the characters going mm -hmm. into it, like, by the end, you are feeling a specific way. Yeah. And, like, even if you don't want to, you are feeling that way. Like, mm -hmm. that's good story writing. It's just like it's it describes the forges and how they were created and the the idea behind um Niobe Labs and the the three people behind it like the three houses behind it and um why they created the forges and um kind of Ada and where she comes from and why she's the way she is and like why she um why she views guardians the way she does which was like very central to her character when yeah. you first met her and if you didn't play during Black Armory um and you've only met her now that's like really a disservice unfortunately because she's like completely different than she used to be she used to look at Guardians and be like, oh, fuck you. Right? <laughs> I hope you die. <laughs> yeah. She's like, go step on all the Legos because fuck you. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. And it's very uh, it's very un understandable because... Um, like, because Risen they, really fucked with her and her family. The Risen, um, the Risen attacked her family... Everyone got killed except for um, she and her mom. She got um, put into Ada, essentially. And um, then she's like a robot. Like in Entry 72, uh, Entry 71, um, it was last night we awoke in the middle of the night to the sound of something pounding on the walls. It roared and stomped and howled in frustration until it found the doors they didn't hold. I lost one of my sisters, Helga. We had our problems, but she was right about so many things. I know that now. I wish I could have told her. Um, and entry 72. My daughter was injured during the attack. She's unconscious. I can't. Like... That was them, like, hiding in the Black Armory from the things trying to kill them. Yeah. Because, like, when the when the Traveler came, 
and gave people the light, it also like really kind of like fucked up the ecology of the planet. Also. <laughs> yeah. Which like we don't really talk about. Well, but, there's um, not a whole lot of information about it. No. But yeah, so now there's like aliens running around and people getting killed and, you know, guardians killing people. And so it goes from entry 92 to 93 and them having to, um, entry 92 and 93 is them putting Adelaide, which is her daughter, into Ada 1. And, um, entry, entry 95 is I buried her remains this morning. Yuki and I had a short ceremony. No time to look back. We have to leave. Like this book tears at your soul. And oh, yeah. like, it's, it's these things you need to understand to understand Ada one. And it's shit like this that you forget. Like you completely forget when you're just you're running to her for simp strand. <sighs> this is why it's this entire book, why pathfinding is so hard for me to go over because it's like you're taking something so beautiful like the Black Armory Papers and like her entire character of of Ada and, uh, and like that. Yeah. 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 Uh, uh, it's just. I'm I'm yeah. with you there. Like it's, they took an amazing character. Like she had an amazing backstory because of the Black Army papers, and now you, you only go see her whenever you have enough simp strand to go buy a simp bounty. Right. Again, I I come back to wasted potential Mm -hmm. it's heartbreaking like i'm so frustrated (laughs) Uh, i am sad like looking over like the black armory papers makes me fucking sad again because i'm like rereading it i'm like skimming it and i'm like oh my god like my heart is torn in two and then looking back at like God, it's so good. And then, um, like relooking at like Ada, and just the one line of like the idea of leaving the fortress behind is admittedly unnerving. Is like so hard. <laughs> like then don't. <laughs> I would rewrite this and change the entire thing of don't. <laughs> Bitch, you're a forge. <laughs> go squat in a field and make me a kindled orchid <laughs> like that's how they're made right just shit me out a gun <laughs> i'm pretty certain that's how it works is, is that is, not how it works is that how babies are made i think that's how guns are made <laughs> I think we've had enough tangents on this one. Uh, let's move on. I'm going to read the next one. Are we good? This one is called Searching. 
Ada one tapped her foot impatiently while standing in the cryptarium. So, can you do it? Rahul looked up lazily from his data pad and scowled. What a ridiculous question. Of course I can. It's a question of when I'll have the time. Ada's head tilted down. I didn't realize we were indulging in semantics. Rahul's response was arid as he tapped away on the device. There is no greater pleasure. Very well. When do you think you will have the time? Hmm. Rahul placed a hand on his chin. The influx of data from Europa is significant, on top of the routine Guardian armament support, not to mention the open-ended nature of your query. The cryptarch's eyes flitted as he thought through the problem. A conservative guess would be two to three weeks. Ada groaned. That's absurd. I can't sit around for that long. You misunderstand, Rahul replied. I make no statements regarding what you should do with your time. Ada gripped the cryptarch's desk. Fine, can I search for it myself? Rahul shook his head. Access to the classified archives is limited to sanctioned guardians, tower support staff, or the vanguard themselves. You are none of those things. Ada scoffed. Don't be ridiculous. I've seen that drifter perusing this data on a weekly basis for his own amusement. That's that's not... There's There's no way... Rahul stammered and blushed. I assure you, no such breach has occurred. Ada folded her arms as Rahul continued. And even if it had, one crime doesn't excuse another. Ada leaned forward assertively. I guess you will be of no help then. Rahul shrugged. Not for two to three weeks at the very least. Ada grunted and stormed off through the cryptarium's towering doors, their colorful display of colored glass shining on her shoulders, when she heard Rahul loudly call after her. What were the names again that you were querying against? Rahul asked. Henriette Marion, Yuki Sato, and Helga Rasmussen. Rahul's eyebrows lifted at the final name. You may be in luck. It seems our interests have overlapped. The big thing I'm getting from this is Rahul is an asshole. Oh, if Ravioli is an asshole. Yeah, like, he's getting hung up on semantics and word choice. And ignoring the actual request. Like, it's like he's dealt with otters before. What? How dare you? How dare you besmirch otters? I said auditors. Oh, I heard otters. Of course you did. I can't help it. My ears are attuned to otters. Oh, I know. <laughs> well, I know why. And your he... otter for it. <laughs> Funny. <laughs> um, I know why he says that our their interests have overlapped, and it's because of Helga Rasmussen, and um, in lab records. Uh, Helga Rasmussen is one of the people that helped develop um, the Exos uh, with Clovis Bray on Europa. Yep. In like chapter four or something. And I only know that because <laughs> I helped edit all those entries for DLA and Rasmussen was in one of those chapters. And that also explains 
how she had the technology for an exo body Mm -hmm. for Ada. Yep. Yep. Because she worked on it. Yep. It's all coming together. It's all coming together. Yeah. Uh, Not much else for this entry aside from just Rahul being a dick. Yeah. Also, I don't know if Cryptarium or it's Cryptarium. Eh. That's all I have for this one. (laughs) That and Helga Rasmussen. But um, uh, Henriette Marin um, is um, Ada's mom. Yes. If we weren't clear on that before, but Henriette is, um, is Ada's mom. And she's the one who wrote the Black Armory Papers. Spoiler alert. Oh, spoiler alert. <laughs> you just say spoiler alert. <laughs> you mean spoiler alert. It's like, two years old at this point. It's two years old and it's in the book. <laughs> like, it's, it's pretty like. It, uh, anyway. Uh, uh, but yeah, um. Also, that's where they get the names of like the different shaders that you finally got yep. dropped this season. Which Sato I would have gotten black. I would have gotten blacksmith if I had gotten those shaders, you know, when when we were supposed to. Well, and that what was keeping me from getting blacksmith was well, Sato and, Tribe. And hell, like I actually I grinded out those. I actually grinded yep. them out. Like mm-hmm. never dropped for me. They were a bitch to get i yep and i just gave up i had everything else as did a lot of people mm-hmm. uh but anyway i'm just gonna continue oh, do you on. read the next one yeah and that's four a guiding hand ada worked to keep pace with her elixir guide weaving through the dimly lit and angular maze of the last city's elixir quarter the blur of open windows and doors provided brief glimpses into their new guests' lives. Strips of purple fabric filled wash basins. Jars of unknown food clinked against each other as they boiled in oversized pots, while parents softly clacked their mandibles and watched their infants nestled in gently used blankets. In the distance, Attendants surrounded a humming servitor. The guide entered a basement-level dwelling. Ada followed as they pushed through a rough cotton curtain and stood in a warm and humid room laden with myriad rugs and carpet swatches. The city's ambient glow slipped in through a singular small window while candles flickered in a pastiche of glass vessels. A series of futons had been arranged in a small circle in the middle of the room. There, a band of elixir lounged on and against the furniture, all listening to the words of a single speaker seated on the floor. The air filled with guttural clicks and low growls that Ada could make no sense of. She finally understood the performance to be over when the audience dispersed and her guide led her to sit beside the scribe. You're the one asking questions about Europa, are you not? About salvation? The scribe said. Ada frowned, 
you speak our language remarkably well. I had an unusual upbringing, Felixny replied. I am Ido. What do you seek, black armorer? Ada sat on a futon, keeping a healthy distance from the Elixni. I'm searching for information from the Braytech facilities on Europa. And you believe we have this? I know some of your people defected from House Salvation. They may have seen something. Ido nodded. They have seen many things. One of my forebearers, a great weaponsmith, worked at the Brave facilities on Europa. But I only know a fraction of what she was doing there. Ah, Ido said. Always about guns. Ada frowned. Your people are no strangers to weaponsmithing. Ido inhaled. True. And now, improbably, both our arsenals stand together in the shadow of the great machine. An alliance that makes it all the more logical for you to help me, Ada said. Ido placed her claws together. I will not help, because I cannot. No mentions have been made of anything related to your armory founders. Ada's gaze dropped to the floor. Ido cocked her head and observed the exo. Such despair. Maybe this is about more than guns after all? Ada paused briefly. I lost something. A part of me. Ido nodded solemnly. Your forges, yes? My whole existence was tied to the armory. To those forges. Without them, I feel... Without purpose? Ido finished the thought. Ada shook her head. This isn't... I'm not sure you could understand. Ido chuckled, a guttural grunt combined with clicking teeth. Our history is littered with the banners of lost houses. Most of us have worn more than one color, knelt before Kel after Kel, hoping that they would be the last. She leaned closer to Ada. Elixni understand the fluidity of purpose very well. Fluidity implies a continuation, Ada replied. She sighed heavily. But it seems my path is coming to an end. Clicks resonated in Ido's jaw. Devil's was a dead house, until Aramis made it new. Mithrax was dusk, and now he is light. Paths only end when we stop walking. Ada studied the elixir. This is not the conversation I was expecting. If this settlement is going to work, it's probably best to break from old expectations, Ido said. Ada nodded and looked at the light softly radiating through the window. I've taken enough of your time. Thank you, she said, and confidently extended her arm with sincere gratitude. A clawed hand landed softly on her shoulder as the elixir instead thrust her data pad into Ada's outstretched hand. The befuddled Exo quickly parsed the screen. This is something we found in the Bray archives. It is not what you were looking for, but it may help you decide where to walk next, Ido said. I... 
I'll look into it, I suppose. Good, Ida replied as Ada stood and slid the data pad under her arm. She hesitated. Are you sure it's a good idea to give me this? How, how will it look to your allies, you helping me like this? Ido chittered. It will look like unity. Oh. I love Ido. I love Ido too, especially after reading all of those entries last week. Like, I've fallen in love with her even more. Right? Like, I know at the beginning we were like, she's a placeholder for information, but like, she's become this character and like and it's it's funny how that happened because of a single event it's she, she snuck up on us like between this entry and and the, solstice the little entries solstice armor and like and all of the little bits of information we've gotten and then like the backstory that we had um from the rocket launcher and everything else like yeah like, we have this character that's, like, kind of been sprinkled, like, throughout the years, really. Mm-hmm. Which we can say years at this point. Yeah. Because her first entry was the Truth Rocket back in uh, yeah Season of Opulence. A few years ago? Yeah. I That's such a good season. God damn it. God, Opulence was so good. And I'm not saying that just because of Sweet Meats. And you know, oh, I'm sure that's menagerie. heavily swaying it. <laughs> yeah, menagerie um, was swaying it. Menagerie, menagerie is really the, the reason why it was so good. Um, but I like that she went, that Ada went out of her way and like in went to go seek out things outside of her comfort zone. Yeah, and like she, she's just like it's like she's on a, a quest, and that's kind of. What she is. I mean, she went to go speak to the Elixney. Yeah. You know? And and that's exactly it. I mean, she's looking for any way to redefine herself. Mm-hmm. And so the best... And, and, like, I love that the fact of, like, she went to the Elixney for that because they are literally redefining themselves this season. Yeah. So, like, it, it's very fitting. It's just, yeah. And and we get an unexpected conversation between Ada and Ido. Right. Like I like Ada said, you know, it this conversation didn't go as expected. And Ido's sitting there going, well, we need to break away from old expectations if this is going to work. Right. And I just, I I love it. I mean, it's... It's interesting and that she went and that this is what she's found is that like this isn't what you what you were seeking, but this is what we offer. Yeah. You know. So. Should we read the next one? I say we should. All right. This is five forward. Lewis was the first to notice Ada. The bird's head darted in her direction as it shuffled on its post. Hawthorne turned, a brief look of surprise on her face before she grinned. If it isn't the reclusive armorer, Hawthorne said, I was just thinking about checking on you. 
Ada reached the top of the stairs and marveled at the expanse of the last city stretching from Hawthorne's vantage point. Oh, was I making too much noise again? Hawthorne shook her head. The opposite. Way too quiet down there. Ada chuckled. Things have been going more smoothly as of late. Glad to hear it, Hawthorne said and nodded. She removed a morsel of meat from the pouch at her waist and tossed it toward Lewis, who gobbled it voraciously. So what was the answer? Centuries-old research on matter programming left behind by a megalomaniac, Ada said. Hawthorne whistled. Sounds like a trip. It has been. I feel quite changed by this experience, Ada said, a slight lilt to her voice. Change can be good. Ada watched engine flares weave through the city's expanse. There was one thing from our last conversation that stuck with me. Hawthorne raised an eyebrow. Only one? That's definitely disappointing. You said you weren't sure if I had any friends, Ada continued. Ada, I didn't mean to. If I'm being honest, social connection has never been my strong suit. I know it can be scary to put yourself out there, especially with everything you've been through, Hawthorne said softly. Ada considered her words. It can be but I'm finding this new journey to be a little less daunting when I'm willing to walk it with others. Sounds like a pretty good lesson, Hawthorne said with a smirk. Ada let her gaze wander over the constellation of architecture gleaming in the last city, the meandering grid of roadways and the rolling landscape beyond. She breathed in deeply, letting the air fill her chassis. I should probably get back down there. I have a lot of work ahead of me, Ada said, clearing her throat. Hawthorne clasped a hand on Ada's shoulder, startling the exo. Don't be a stranger, Ada. You come up from your cave more often, you might find you have more friends than you think. Aww. Aww. So Ada has new purpose at this point. Yes. She's building a new contraption called the loom. Yes. Which we go take Simp Strand to. And simp cord and receive simp weave. Are you saying synth or simp? Simp. Okay, good. Because I, I, I heard simp and I was like, that can't be what he's saying. Like, am I just broken and I'm just hearing simp. Like, no, you're actually saying that. Good. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, no. Like, my regular fire team, we all call it simp whatever. Uh, yeah, okay. Um. And and we get this this nice little interaction between Hawthorne and Ada, mm-hmm. and Ada's like, you know, th- there's something that that stuck with me last time we talked. You said I didn't have any friends, and Hawthorne's like, shit, I didn't mean to make you feel that bad. And Ada's replies like, no, 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 I'm an eight year old trapped in a machine body. Social constructs are kind of uh, an issue. Am I wrong? No. (laughs) No. I mean, we can't think that it's still the mind of an eight-year-old in the fucking robot. (laughs) It might have been at the beginning, but not anymore. (laughs) My God. (sighs) (sighs) Oh. 
Jeez. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> oh no. But no, like it, I I actually enjoyed this entry because of the interaction between Hawthorne and Ada. Because I I feel that a lot. Yeah. You know, so social interactions are kind of not easy for a lot of us. Mm -hmm. And it, like me especially, I tend to get in my head a lot. So situations like this do come up where it's like I've I've my mind has been stuck on something that somebody said. And then the next time or the time after that that I actually sit down and talk to them, it's like, oh, hey. I've been thinking about this, and they feel like crap because they were like, that was just a throwaway comment. Mm -hmm. So I feel this entry. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'm glad she found a new purpose. Yeah. In the end. Um, it's like, it sucks if you... It, it would have been really different if she's like... Yeah, I went on this like quest journey to find myself and I found nothing. Like you can't it like what kind of story would this have been if she just like found nothing? <laughs> like And I, I agree. Like it's I feel like it could have been a little bit longer because there's only five entries. But you know. Yeah. But I mean I think a lot of that is because of how they're utilizing her now. Or not utilizing her. Right. I'm I'm not going to get over that. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I mean, we can talk about that for a second. But I mean, I don't, and in the end, like, I still think it's wasted potential. Like, they could have gone about it differently. They could have used literally anybody else. They could have used, I would have rather they used Evil Levante for this. And then made her a permanent fixture in the tower. Again. Hell, they had a character for it. That they just created this season. Namrask. Yeah. <laughs> like, his whole thing is he weaves. This would have been perfect for him. God, Bungie. I mean, I would like next season to give it to Namrask and then have them bring the forges back. Or even next year, bring the forges back and give it to Namrask. And bring and have the Elixni be in the tower and have them be like a little more permanent and like have an Elixni vendor like Namrask. That would be cool. You know, it would. It would. Because I mean, we have we have Elix. I mean, we have Varix, but he's on Europa. And we have those two Elixni that are crowded around the Coke machine. Yeah, but they're, they're around the Coke machine. Right. I always called it, because I'm a disgusting human being, I always called it, like, the underwear vending machine, like it's Japan. And see, that that's... What? That's even more respectable than some of the vending machines I've seen around here. Oh, no. Like, I've seen eyelashes. Like, those... Eyelash vending machines? Yes. What? Like, I'm going to have to take a you picture of it. You can buy false eyelashes in a vending machine? I'm going to have to take a that picture is... of it amazing oh is it a sephora vending machine i don't know it's, it's it in, must be it's in the mall it that i frequent be. 
but it it's must just, be a Sephora vending machine. That's amazing. But it's just I'm I'm looking. I passed by it the last time I was at the mall, which was a couple weeks ago, and I was like, "What the hell is that?" Yeah, yeah, it's a false eyelash vending machine. That is so cool. I, yeah, I just you're gonna go. You know what? You're you're a a woman of the night on the move, and you lost an eyelash to your last customer, and you need new eyelashes. Vending machine. Except that the mall closes at like eight. You know what? You are a woman of the afternoon, and you lost your eyelashes <laughs> to your last customer. <laughs> wow. This podcast has devolved so fast. Um, or I should say, you're an elixir of the afternoon, and you lost your eyelash to your last customer. Elixir of the afternoon. You think they would wear false eyelashes? I do. They want to look pretty. My Mythrax, you look pretty today. <laughs> Varix, we need to up your game. You think he'd look pretty? It's just insects like shattering. <laughs> <laughs> so, Orchid, did you enjoy yeah. the book? Um, it's a nice story, but and I am glad they brought Ada back at all because I love Ada, but at the same time, I'm just like mad about it because. Ada is like she's worth so much more than this right and like she I'm not putting her up on a pedestal but like as a character she has such like a deep backstory and like the forges have such a deep backstory like a deep and meaningful backstory like seriously honestly the black armory papers are some of the best written lore we have in destiny and that is including destiny one and destiny two like it is emotional and like yeah between that and the way her character changes and morphs like as you did the obsidian accelerator quest line which you can't even do anymore because it doesn't exist yeah and you'll have to find it on youtube um but the way she changes and like warms up to you is like night and day because like you help her see that not all guardians are monsters and the way she was treated and the way she watched as a child all the people around her that she loved get killed by guardians yeah. by their hands like it's no wonder she thought guardians were monsters and so her character was like so dynamic and so deep and had all of these like facets to her and the fact that this book doesn't have any of that or her character now has none of that and it's like none of it existed it's like they took it there it's like they were like oh well what characters do we have oh we have ada we'll just use her oh shit like she doesn't do forges anymore but we need to like connect the two somehow we'll write this like that's what this book is to me 
I agree. This book feels like an excuse. I agree. So I don't um, usually have a lot of negative stuff about lore, really. And and but and I don't either. I mean, yeah, I'm very. Neither of us do really. Even if I don't like a piece of lore, I'm usually like middle of the road. Like, oh, you know, I I enjoyed this aspect of it, but I, you know, overall it was not for me. And that's kind of how I feel about this book. There are a couple entries that I actually do like, like you know the the second Hawthorne conversation and the Ido conversation. But the book overall feels like an excuse of them changing the character the way they did and yeah and and like i see all that potential that there was for the new character for ada and i think that's what's coloring my perspective on this book there's a lot of wasted potential this feels a lot like people god this this feels like very much colored by nostalgia and like I'm not saying the forges were just so much better than everything else because like they were painful to open oh my god unlocking forges were the worst um and it was like the biggest sloggiest grind ever because that was when Bungie decided that they were only going to listen to streamers who did nothing but play Destiny for eight hours a day and the rest of us normal people with jobs like it took us weeks to open forges because it was the worst I'm just going to put that out there Um, but it was some of the best lore to come out of Destiny in a long time and some of the best story writing to come out of Destiny in a long time. And I agree with that. Um, and I'm, I'm trying to view this without the, the nostalgia glasses. You know, taking gameplay out of it, taking... Yeah. You know, all this out of it. The book itself is alright. The book is fine. There I mean... are a few entries that I enjoyed, but overall... I liked it... Hawthorne. I, I liked the other characters in it though Hawthorne was really good Ido was really good right like I liked other characters those were the best entries was when she was interacting yeah. with somebody right she didn't feel like Ada though right she felt like a fast simile of Ada she didn't feel like Ada yeah and I feel like after interacting with her so much and those of us that did Niobe Labs and did the Obsidian Accelerator on multiple characters. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's your own fault. I know. (laughs) I did it on my Hunter and I did it on my Warlock. Um, And like... And I I did those things. I mean, like, and did all the forges. And, like, you interact with her so much. And, like, when you do that, you know the character. And, like, this doesn't feel like her. It just doesn't. So. 
the book is okay on its own, but it doesn't it doesn't feel like it was written by somebody who knows a character. And and I think a lot of that it like I can see an argument being that, you know, a lot of her identity was tied to the forges. So she's having to reinvent herself essentially. So I I can see that argument, but on the opposite side of that coin, like even reinventing yourself, it it's like she's reinventing her her occupation. Right. She's not retooling her personality or anything. Right. And that's what's felt off. Right. Exactly. Ah. So, shout out to Orchid. Um. Oh God, we're always we. I always we always have this coming up, and then I like forget that we have shout outs coming up. Um. I feel like I shouldn't forget that we have shout outs, but I always do every single time. Um. Shout out to. Dude, I'm gonna actually like shout out a streamer. Who's like, like asp. I know, right? <laughs> right? I don't usually do that. Um, I'm gonna shout out a streamer friend of mine, Zarina. Um, she's super cool. If you don't go follow her, go follow her on Twitch. Um, she streams a lot of Destiny and she does trials and PvP, but she also does a lot of PvE stuff. Um at X-A-L-R-E-N-A on Twitch. So she streams a lot. She's a lot of fun. So if you want some good times, go follow her. That's my shout out. Okay. She reads me every so often. I read her every so often. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, no, I, I was thinking about it. She rated me on Thursday night. I've had a lot of like weird trolls in my channel lately like weird trolls and so she like raided me on thursday like right after some weird trolls so it was like nice to kind of like lighten the atmosphere and her people are always just like really nice so like her community is just always a really good time yeah so they're always they're they're always down for a good time yeah that's good they're good for they're down for a good hang. <laughs> what about you? What's your shout out? Uh so shout out to uh my normal team. You guys know who you are, even though you don't listen to it. Um and shout out to my work husband, John. <gasps> Hi John. Uh, him and I hung out last night in Minecraft because we've got our own private server. And uh, we just had a lot of real talk, and I came out of that feeling really good about myself. So, yeah, shout out to John. Wow. That's really nice. Yeah. Well, like, when somebody tells you that they admire you and, and they, you know, there's certain reasons why you guys are still friends, and... Oh, it, it, there was just, it was a lot of, I was almost in tears. <laughs> oh. 
it was good. That's so, really nice. I'm so happy. Yeah, it was really good. Um, you know, he he pointed out the fact of like I'm very driven with with goals. So like whenever I've needed a new TV or whatever, instead of you know it figuring out and and just like letting things happen, I go out and do it. Or, you know, if right. I wanted a new job, I went out and got it. You mm-hmm. know, I, so it, it was, there were enough little comments that it was like, I feel really good about myself. So with that being said, uh, this is the part of the episode that we like to give special thanks. The audio for this episode was produced by Rindle Zivas. You can find him at Rindle Zivas. No spaces. The artwork for this episode is courtesy of at VolshockB on Twitter. The music in this episode is copyright Bungie. We're able to use it under their fair use policy because they love their content creators. And if you'd like to dive into Destiny lore on your own, or read along with us, uh, visit ishtar-collective.net. They're the resource we use to make our show notes. Thank you, Baxter. Thank you, Baxter. (sighs) And final reminders, you can find us on Twitter at guardians underscore lore, at heyitsorchid, or at I underscore am underscore elemist. You can email us at guardians underscore lore at outlook.com. You can leave us a review wherever you find the podcast. And if you do, let us know. Uh, And you can also talk to us in our Discord. We've got the invite down in the episode description. It's right down there. Yeah, just just right down there. It's right down there. Go touch it. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) Touch it. Orchid, say goodbye. Take care. Bye. Ada one tapped her foot impatiently while standing in the crypteric. What word is that? Cryptarium? Okay. Uh, yeah, cryptarium. I'm gonna cryptarium. Cryptarium, cryptarium. Tarium. However you want to pre- pronounce Tarium. it. I think it's an A because it's before an I. Okay. It. I figured it's like aquarium, but crypt. Instead of aquarium, <laughs> first while standing in the aquarium, <laughs> I'm gonna just read it as aquarium. We can't have that. <laughs> so, can you show? Can you do it? Can you show me the otters? Rahul looks up lazily from his data pad and scanned. Oh, what a ridiculous God. question! Of course, I can show you the otters. <laughs> easy, <laughs> easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Here are the otters. He lifts his dress, and there they are, otters. <laughs> Hundreds what of them. What the fuck? Dress. It's right there in the lore book. Can you not see it? <laughs> J.K. I'll actually read the thing. Fuck. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs>
okay, okay, okay. Guardian. A quick query, if I may. I have heard tales of so-called vending machines present within the last city occupied by Elixni. Varix is curious. Is it possible that such vending machines may be used to purchase eyelashes? Varix has been summoned by Mithrax and wishes to impress as best as he can. Varix wishes to look pretty. Yes.